Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every day, only about 13 minutes or so, but it's every day, seven days a week, keeping us in God's Word and thereby helping us to stay strong in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. It also helps keep us focused on our spiritual lives and upon our relationship with God. Help people in your life, and you know some, who need to make those kinds of changes. They need to come to God. They need to start thinking about their soul's salvation. They need to get into God's Word and grow in their faith. Share these short studies with them through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, with family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help somebody turn their life around. You may help somebody get to heaven. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to finish up our study today, our line of thought and study, about another one of those heart problems, problems of the heart, and that is unforgiveness. Well, we've talked about hatred. We've talked about laziness. We've talked about gossip. We've talked about worry in this series of studies on problems of the heart or heart problems. And this one is about unforgiveness. Well, we've really looked into the scriptures. We've seen that unforgiveness is condemned, condemned throughout the New Testament scriptures. In fact, our forgiveness is conditional upon our willingness to forgive others who have sinned against us. We've read that over and over and over again, and we need to take that to heart. Some people, they, they think they can walk with God and, and still at the same time not forgive somebody who has done some terrible wrong in their mind to them. And it may not just be in their mind. It may be actual. It may be somebody has really wronged them in, in a horrible way. I've told, the, I've, I've told the story many times, a true story. And this was a man who I knew personally and respected highly. He was an extremely extremely effective gospel preacher. He was also an instructor, one of my college instructors, uh, going way back. And he was talking about taking an airline flight, and he was sitting next to a man who was blind. And in talking with the man, you know, he came around somehow to ask him how he became blind, or maybe were you blind from birth? And and the man said, uh, I was, uh, I was, in, I, I think he said a business partner. I was in, in business with a partner, and, and he hired somebody to throw acid in my face, and that's how I became blind. It took my vision. Well, this brother, you know, who was talking to him just, you know, maybe it was providential that he was sitting next to him in that particular flight. He, he asked the man, well, did, did that something along the line, did you become bitter over that? And he said, at first I did, but then I realized that my bitterness was hurting me worse than it was hurting him, and I've actually done him some favors in more recent times. Now, that would probably seem almost inconceivable in the mind of a whole lot of people who are harboring, or maybe they're not harboring, unforgiveness towards somebody who has done them wrong in some way. But just the concept, just the principle, this man, he lost his sight because this business partner hired somebody to throw acid in his face, and now he doesn't hate that man anymore? He's actually done favors for him? 
He said, that's crazy, a lot of people would say. No, that is godly. And remember, the different scripture texts we've read along that line, and they have been numerous, they have been numerous, where Jesus himself repeatedly said, if you want God to forgive you, you need to be ready to forgive others who have wronged you. And remember Matthew chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. If you forgive men their trespasses, if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Again, Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15, and that's our Lord speaking himself. Mark chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Again, Mark 11, verses 25 and 26. Luke 6 and verse 37, Jesus said, forgive and you will be forgiven. Now, these are just a few of the texts of Scripture we read along this line teaching us that it's a command from God, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We must be ready, willing, even eager to forgive because we want God to forgive us. Again, remember Romans 5 and verse 8. In fact, you could read all the way from verse 6 through verse 10 in that immediate context of Scripture, but verse 8 brings it out so vividly. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God loves us enough to have sent his son to die on that cross as the ultimate, the perfect sacrifice to pay the price for the guilt of our sins. Now, who are we to make up our mind that we will not forgive some other human being because of something he or she has done against us? When you think about those three, call, those three crosses, at Calvary, and all of that crowd of people below the cross of Jesus taunting him, some of them were lamenting, some of them were mourning over his execution on that cross, but a great many of them were taunting him. They were, they, they were disbelievers. They were blaspheming him. The only one on that hill that day not just the other two thieves who are on that cross, or on their, on their respective crosses on either side of Jesus, but all of that crowd down below, below the foot of his cross, the only one on that hill that day who did not deserve to be on a cross was Jesus, and he was right there on that cross right in the middle. He willingly gave his life for those two thieves, 
for all of those blasphemers, all of those critics, all of those enemies of him who stood below the foot of his cross. Jesus went to that cross absolutely sinless, absolutely pure. And as such, he was the perfect sacrifice to pay the price for the guilt of the sins of all of those people around him on that day. But not just on that day. The scriptures teach us his sacrifice was for the sins of all the people who had ever lived before him and for all of the people who would live after him, including our time today and until he comes again on the final day of judgment. And who sent him to the cross? His Father. God the Father. Because God the Father, God the Son, God the the Holy Spirit loves you that much. That much. So what does all this have to do with our forgiving somebody who has personally done us wrong? When we go to God and seek forgiveness, what does he require of us? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1 and verse 9. Confessing our sins would be equivalent to repenting. Repentance comes first before forgiveness. That's God's standard. We seem to be conditioned to believe that we somehow should receive forgiveness without repenting. Repentance, again, means we've changed our mind. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to live in that kind of sinful lifestyle anymore. I'm going to change my behavior. But that's not how forgiveness is extended. Remember on Pentecost, when some of those gathered there that day after hearing that first recorded gospel sermon as the church came into existence on that day, and they were convicted and convinced of their sin in rejecting Jesus as the Savior, the Son of God, as having instigated his crucifixion, some of them asked Peter and the rest of the apostles, what shall we do? And the very first word from, from Peter's mouth was repent. And then he went on and said, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, verses 37 and 38. Yes, repentance, a change of mind that leads to a change of life. And that change of life includes obedience. So they needed to not only change their mind to believe in Jesus now, those Jews on Pentecost, but they also needed to change their behavior in becoming obedient to the gospel command to be baptized so that the blood he shed on the cross for them would cleanse them of the guilt of their sins. They would come into Christ. They would come into salvation through that act of obedience. Now, we need to understand We're not God. We're not perfect except in Christ. But 
God gives us the understanding, the insight to realize that just as we want him and as we desperately need him to forgive us as we repent before him of our sins, we need to be just as open, just as willing, just as eager to forgive others who have sinned against us. If we want to be forgiven, we must be ready and willing to forgive. We've read that over and over and over again in the New Testament scriptures. If you're having that particular heart problem of unforgiveness, you have to let that go. Now, it may take continual prayer on your part to overcome that particular emotional mindset, but God will help you along that line, and we'd like to help you as well. You can contact us through our website at churchofchrist.com. Click on the email link, and you can contact us that way, or you can phone us at 402 Four nine eight eight three nine seven. We'd love to help you. We'd love to study with you. We'd love to pray with you and talk with you. Let's pray together now. Father in heaven, thank you for loving us. Thank you for being so merciful and help us to learn from your example and apply that to our lives in being merciful to others and loving to them. Even those who have sinned against us in grievous ways. Please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.